Uh, it's Carcon Carne, presented by the Autobarn Mazda of Evanston. There it is. Okay. The Autobarn Mazda of Evanston. We are in Fiona, Trevor. We are in a brand new, brand new Mazda 6 from the Autobarn Mazda of Evanston. I drove it here. I, I went downtown first. I, I worked my day job in the NBC Tower. Driving here on the Kennedy, it, it, this is one of those precarious situations. It's so easy to speed in this car. It, it, mm. This is one of those cars where you, you tap the gas pedal and you are flying, but you don't feel it. And I, I would look at the speedometer and think, yeah, I should slow that down. I, I'm in a loner. I, I really need to be a little more cautious about this. This feels like luxury, but then again, that's kind of a Mazda thing. Mazda 6, that's what I'm in now, but I've also driven a Mazda 3, a Mazda CX-9. I love the entire line of cars, but go take a test drive for yourself. 1015 Chicago Avenue, not far from where we are right now, like 15 minutes probably, uh, Old Irving Brewing Company, Fiona. Hello. Trevor, are you ready to do this? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. It's Car Con Carne. So introductions are in order. We are outside the Old Irving Brewing Company, which has been here for just under three years. Uh, that, in the backseat, that's Trevor. He's the owner. He's the head brewer. He is the man behind Old Irving Brewing Company. That right there, that's Fiona McEntee. She is an attorney, specifically uh, an immigration lawyer. And so we're going to, this is going to be like a variety show. We're going to talk about beer. <laughs> we're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about immigration. Mm -hmm. It's all about balance. Uh, but I think, you know, immigration, just kind of starting with you, we're hearing a lot about that for the past few years in the news. Suddenly, this is a topic that people are talking about. I realize, as I have conversations with my friends, I really don't know the first thing about immigration. So you're going to help us demystify that tonight. Great. Okay. Sounds good. Now you, Trevor, we're here to eat your food, talk about your food. Indeed. Uh, and maybe later drink your beer. Correct. Can't, can't do that in the car. Yeah, probably shouldn't. No. 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 <laughs> it's, it's, sponsor, it's sponsored by a dealership. No. Yeah, you can. Uh, so instead, we've got Topo Chico. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Non-alcoholic and delicious and ice cold. I can open it. Oh, look at that. You've look. got the Old Irving Brewing Company. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Watch now. I won't even be able yeah, to open it. a Just bottle of water. It. There you go. Oh, my gosh. What? There you go. Beautiful. Well, you have that one. No. Okay. Please. Cheers. After you. Slancha. Slancha. Uh, so, tell us, Trevor, in the backseat. I, I, you're right there. I can see you. Uh, tell us about the Trotter Beer, uh, Trotter Project Beer Fest. Okay, so the uh, Trotter Project Beer Festival is a little collaboration between um, myself, Old Irving Brewing Company, and the Trotter Project. Uh, Trotter Project uh, is amazing. Um, after uh, Chef Charlie uh, passed, they wanted a way to honor him and, and honor his legacy. So all the proceeds at the uh, Trotter Beer Fest are going to go uh, to support underserved youth in Chicago, which is exactly what the Trotter Project does. Um, Essentially, they, they make opportunities for, for uh, inner-city youths to uh, start a career in culinary. Um, Chef Charlie Trotter was that guy that opened up his kitchen to so many people, uh, including my mentor, Hamaro Cantu, uh, who is um, the founding member of the Trotter Project. And, and he, uh, he was like a mad scientist, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, and I'm, I'm, uh, I learned a lot from that guy. But, um, you know, uh, he came to the back door of Charlie Trotter's with, like, 
300 bucks in his pocket from uh, Portland, Oregon, and Mm -hmm. he opened up the door and started working for Charlie that day and worked his way all the way up to sous chef. So I I love stories like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he was a a really gracious guy, and uh, that graciousness continues uh, within the Trotter Project. So Charlie Trotter Days uh, is happening August 11th through the 18th. Correct. It kicks off uh, on the 11th at the Irish American Heritage Center, which is a stone's throw from where we are right now. Correct. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so basically, yeah, that, that, that fest is the kickoff point for Charlie Trotter Days. What's interesting, and one of the reasons I have both of you in the car at the same time, well, first, I thought you'd have terrific chemistry, and you do. It's proven <laughs> to be true. Uh, you're in the same area. Fiona, you work out of 2112. Yeah, a stone's the throw business, from here. The business, the music industry incubator right That's across cool. the expressway, which is about the size of Washington, D.C. It's like... Yeah, ginormous. It is ginormous. Mm-hmm. But you're in the same neighborhood, and that brings me... I, there's a point to this. Um, specific to Old Irving, I feel like this brewery was an anchor tenant in helping build up this neighborhood. And I, I like talking to people like you, Trevor, uh, for the same reason I like talking to Barry Sorkin, who owns Smoke. Love Barry. Mm. Pioneers in areas, areas that were underserved by cool culinary things like this, Barry did it over on Pulaski. You, you did it here on Montrose. I mean, you helped bring attention to this entire area. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the coolest thing moving in here and having people come by and say thank you. And I think most people are happy that we're here. I think there's probably a few that maybe aren't. But uh, but I know, like, uh, the, the business across the street, Sidekicks, they were mm. super pumped to have us in. And I know that we kind of have a little uh, back-and-forth relationship where I think we're sending each other um, some business either way. And obviously, uh, I, I mean... Every single person that's involved in Old Irving Brewing Company is from this neighborhood. So they all had a vested interest in, in having something in the neighborhood. And they all knew they needed something. Um, and I also live here with my wife, and we wanted something as well in the neighborhood. So it just all made sense. But it's scary when you open up in a place that's maybe that doesn't have a ton around it yet. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm glad it paid off. Yeah. And, and Fiona, you working out of 2112, you're a client. You're not a client. You're a customer. I mean, you, you've come yes. here patronize the spot quite a bit um, as do a lot of our colleagues in, in the space we come here quite a lot so it's always great food drink obviously amazing hospitality and we're delighted to have a place so close to us as well and that, speaking of the food one of the reasons I, I've been wanting to do something at Old Irving for a while there are plenty of breweries that have good food brew pubs they serve good good menu items uh, this is high end stuff I mean this is this is excellence and culinary adventure going on here tell me about this burger we're going to sample tonight oh man so (laughs) i didn't tell you about this no No. so it is monday so every monday we we release a new burger it's called the burger of the week and we also do a special with it um so it's 15 dollars. you get a beer a shot of bourbon and a burger and then we release a new burger every every week that's the deal of the century yeah Yeah. and so our uh, our baker eric he collaborates with our chef uh trevor and they create and yes his name is the same as mine the chef i was gonna ask (laughs) (laughs) and uh this week it's an eight ounce grilled patty smoked turkey house duck bacon uh beezer which is our new england ipa pickled fig jam uh whipped telegio cheese arugula and a tarragon and bacon fat aioli and yeah, that's not even as crazy as oh I've God. seen it. Last week was like a breakfast burger on a biscuit, and we make all of our own breads and you know make sure that everything is of the highest quality for our guests. I and mean, you could have stopped at the smoked turkey; it would have been like, oh, that's an interesting burger, <laughs> You're right? Yeah. And then the list just kept, kept going. going. Uh huh. You just <laughs> didn't stop. Oh my God! So that's coming out. You've got uh, you've got zucchini coming out. Yeah, we got some fried zucchini with some Sicilian capers and Yum. beautiful garlic aioli on that, and mm. some Parmesan cheese grated over top. 
and then we're going to finish it with a, a little actually we're going to start with that then we're going to go on the octopus which is uh Yum. braised low and so and ki- kissed on our wood fire grill and served with uh poached smash and fried potatoes and a gremolata so how do you feel about octopus uh, you know what? I pretty much eat everything. Okay, good. Yeah, no, good. I'm not Hell supposed yeah. to. Yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. Even, <laughs> no, I didn't even ask you beforehand. I, I just figured I, I trust in Trevor. I said, just yeah. bring out some food you want us to try. Yeah. Sounds great. Cool. So I'm probably gonna do it. I'm probably gonna fire our first one now, and we can just kind of talk while it comes out to us. This is amazing. If that's cool. Absolutely. It's like great service, car side <laughs> service. <That's laughs> Superdog is put on notice as of right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, let's talk a little bit to you, Fiona. Let's talk a little bit about immigration. Uh, as people listening and watching can tell, you are a native of Chicago, and just based on your accent. <laughs> of course. Why, yes, of course. Uh, so you practice immigration law. You have your own firm. You came over from Ireland in what year? I first moved here in 2002, originally, for, for one year as part of my um, my law school in Ireland. Um Pretty much fell in love with Chicago straight away, of course. Who could blame me? Um, and so you came during the summer? You know, I did. <laughs> I feel like it's a trick. They get you to come in August to just like mm-hmm. easy winter Chicago. And then by the time winter comes around, you're already kind of hooked. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, that's what happened to me. But um, I was here just for a year originally. And then I went back home to Dublin. And then I came back out fully and permanently since 2005. I've been here. So... All right, so if you're watching on Facebook Live right now, we tried to do this before, and then I just realized the camera stopped recording. I'm having all kinds of issues with this new camera. Uh, the full podcast with her, Fiona, and him, Trevor, in the backseat, will be available on carquincarney.com. Here's what you missed if you're just now watching on Facebook Live. The food here at Old Irving Brewery, Brewing is amazing. It's high-end. Mm. They, they serve amazing food. It's going to be coming out. Uh, this place is an anchor in the Old Irving area. It's really brought a lot of attention to the area, and we love Old Irving Brewing. Fiona, she owns her own law firm. She's an immigration lawyer. She immigrated here from Ireland several years back. She came here to Chicago. She fell in love with Chicago, uh, mainly because she came in the summertime. Had you come in the winter, <laughs> you would have gone right back to Dublin. Um, does that catch us up so far for the video? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Sounds good. Technology is thwarted me. All right, so when we left off with you, Fiona, we were talking about you coming over. You came over in the summertime. You fell in love with Chicago. You had a year to stay here. Then how did you move forward? So I went back home to Dublin, finished my law degree from there, and then a couple of years later I moved out permanently, um, and I've been here ever since. So I went, came out in 2005 to go to Chicago, Kent, to get my Juris Doctor from there and yeah I, I graduated in 2007 and have been practicing immigration law ever since but you know as we know it's been in the media a lot over the past two years I feel like prior to to those couple of years I'm not sure that people knew that I actually had a job as a practicing attorney because people would say what's immigration law you know what what does that even mean right and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you here is because we hear so much about immigration I don't know anything beyond the top line people from other countries want to come here and live here that's it Mm -hmm. that's that's my layman's knowledge of immigration so i thought you as someone who has immigrated as someone who practices immigration law can just kind of explain the basics how did you what was the process like for you when you immigrated and is it different now um, I mean, well, I guess every situation is different. Um, you know, every client's case is different. There might be one or two facts that might separate them from, from another client. But, um, I mean, my story was I came here as a student, um, worked thereafter, 
um, started working for a law firm and they sponsored my green card. Um, I subsequently met my husband and I'm married now to, with two kids, but... Um, you know, I did go through that immigration process before we got married, but everyone's path is different. Um, and I think that the goal is to just kind of highlight that, that immigrants do come from all over in different ways. We do a lot of music entertainment immigration. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of um, business immigration, um, arts, you know, creative types, as well as family and kind of individual cases. So it's pretty, pretty varied. So you work out of 2112, the music industry incubator that's, we're on Montrose right now in front of Old Irving Brewing. Uh, but 2112 is this giant fortress-like, uh, this Pentagon-sized uh, facility for the music industry. It's attached to Fort Knox, which is where all the bands practice. So you're right there at ground zero with all these bands rolling in and out of there. Yeah, that's where our office is. We have a team of about 10, and we're that's where our primary office is based. So as it pertains to musicians who come to you, what, what, what are you working on? What, what are you dealing with with them? Um, I mean, basically any foreign musician that wants to come and play in the US needs to have a visa for, for the gig. I mean, that's the, there are very minor exceptions to that. But the general rule is if you're you know, a musician, a band, and you're coming into the US to perform, you need to get a visa. So we help them with that process. Um, and Is that hard to get? Yeah, I mean, of course. And like anything now, you know, the, the steps are taking longer and it's become increasingly more difficult. Um, and it's the type of thing that for a band, you know they can only get visas one year at a time out assuming they can show gigs for the duration so um you know it's the type of thing that it's not like they get a visa kind of in perpetuity they do have to you know kind of renew it every every time they want to come and tour assuming you know the previous visa had expired so explain to me the social media rule that came up because mm. I, I, I kind of understood that but basically uh, judges or someone can go back through someone's social media history and render judgment based on yeah it's not even that they can there's actually an obligation on any visa applicant to furnish social media handles that they've had over the past five plus years um so when anyone is going for any type of visa there is a form a part of the form that they need to update it so um you know we can foresee that potentially being an issue for for clients and you're just getting into you know, potential policing of language and it, it's just kind of an, an added layer of concern for, for some of our clients and I guess it's just making people more cautious about what they say online, which, you know, I guess everyone can have their own opinion on, on that, but it's just a thing that we're we're definitely um, making sure that we advise our clients about that. You doing okay back there, Trevor? Oh yeah, I'm awesome. I, I don't want to dismiss you. <laughs> I'm learning. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a productive night, right? And we're going to learn about food. Now, this this information is already contained on the podcast, but just in case we missed it on the video, it's it bears repeating. What kind of burger of the week are you bringing out? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gotta look up the picture. We just released it today, so it's it's a little bit crazy. But so, it's on a house baked ciabatta roll uh, that our baker Eric made, and then it's an eight ounce patty, um, smoked turkey, house duck bacon, uh, Beezer, our New England IPA pickled fig jam, whipped Taleggio cheese arugula and a tarragon and bacon fat aioli you get all that shot of whiskey and a beer for 14 or for 15 dollars and that is the deal of the century and actually speaking of uh food what do we have here oh my god i'm actually gonna have uh <laughs> i'm actually gonna have matt spiel it because i like to have you know the employees kind of do their thing okay uh, since they Hello. know the stuff better oh right, my Matt, gosh why don't you, why don't you tell them what they have here sure so jeez oh, oh no napkin house ah. fried zucchini Thank you. It's uh, strips of fresh zucchini, uh, 
Wait, wait, hang on, wash, hang on. Bread it and fry. Hang on, got to clean up the loaner car real quick. He's got, he had a little Here, I can spill. do it. He tilted the plate. Here, let me do it. The, uh, the garnish. All right, sorry. So start from the beginning. Sure. <laughs> this is our you, fried Fred. zucchini uh, appetizer. It's strips of, thin strips of fried zucchini w- that are egg washed and breaded and fried. Uh, on top of that goes a fresh herb gremolata, lime zest, lemon zest, and grated parmigiano. I love and that, and I like the colors of it. Mm. It, just, it presents Gorgeous. beautifully. It sits there on the plate, really mm-hmm. pretty, and then it's all sitting on a bed of our house-made Beezer beer vinaigrette, uh, Beezer beer vinegar aioli. And that's the IPA. Mm-hmm. New IPA. Oh. Thank Magnificent. You. Thank Enjoy. you. Awesome. Thank Thanks, man. I love this this car service. Uh, in fact, this is the only way I will do this podcast from now on. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> like kind of a tasting menu. Right. You guys want to dig in a little bit, or do you want me to hold it for now? Oh, no, no, we want to dig in. Are you kidding? Okay, here, yeah, I can sure. hold it. So oh, here, Fiona, great. Or what, you need a plate? Yeah, actually, why don't you guys let me, why don't you guys keep chatting, and I'm going to put it on plates for you to make oh, it easier gosh, to This eat is amazing. One of the things we were talking about, I think before uh, the video situation was fixed, the food here, this is high-end stuff. I mean, you go to different breweries and brew pubs, everyone seems to have a menu. This is next level. I mean, it, Trevor has... I mean, he, you learned from Omaro Cantu. I mean, this guy who was this mad scientist, this genius in the, in the kitchen who learned from Charlie Trotter. Uh, the, the stuff that you put on the plate here is, this is an amateur hour here. This isn't just a bunch of uh, fried pretzels and, yeah. and chips. <laughs> yeah, well, our, our, the whole point was uh, we wanted to make it approachable, but we also didn't want to, like, just come in, like, super lowbrow. So we still do the stuff that, you know, people want to have. We still do a pretzel, but we make it ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, a knife pretty much sees everything in our kitchen, so everything's super hands-on, everything's from scratch. Uh, the wood-fire grill especially adds, like, a good woody character to a lot of our grilled items and our grilled meats. Here you go, if you'd like to start. There you go. And, I, uh, yeah, so. I, I can't see who's, because of this new software, I can't oh. see who's making the comments as we do this video. Uh, someone just wrote about you that you're the man, and uh, oh. <laughs> we're, we're in good hands. Oh, awesome, good. <laughs> Uh, right. I don't know who it was, but hey, thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> or lady, I don't know. Uh, Could right. be. Okay, you thank go. you. Oh That's gosh. for you. All right. Oh, I'm so excited about this. This is the, uh, the really glamorous part of the video. People right. watch us eat food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the fried zucchini, we uh, shave it super thin, and then we uh, then we fry it. Uh, well, this is actually one of the dishes on uh, the menu at uh, my wedding. Uh, we got married. Really? Yeah, me and my wife got married almost exactly a year ago here at OIB. Wow. And did the full thing. Made a, a little lager called Tell Death. It's a pilsner <laughs> uh, that we served up, and uh, her and I brewed it together. And uh, then she loves this dish. This is, like, one of her favorite dishes. So anytime that we're talking about OIB food, I always like to kind of premiere it. Am I wrong to treat this as finger food? Do it. You can oh eat gosh. it however you want. Okay. <laughs> well, I realize Fiona went for the, the more proper silverware approach. Sure, I, I would eat it with my fingers personally, but I'm also... So uh, I broke the rules, actually. Yeah, you're fine. I, <laughs> I eat it with my fingers. This is delicious. It's delicious. The first thing that comes across to me is that citrus. Yeah, totally. Mm. All that citrus zest on top. Mm-hmm. It makes a great accompaniment to uh, Della, which is our Kolsch beer. It's super light and refreshing, and we're definitely going to be having that at the Trotter Project Beer Fest because it is something that, you know, it kind of gets people in. It's the hook, right? It's like, yeah. come try this Kolsch. And people are like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I really like craft beer. And then they get to, like, have a little something that's, like, nice and crisp and refreshing. Like, oh, wow, this is craft beer. Great. And then you can start getting a little weird, you know. Then you give them something like the Cinnamon Prost Crunch, which is, you know, 
know, a beer that tastes exactly like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That's the greatest mm. name ever. Thank you. We're actually going to be premiering <laughs> that beer infused with some coffee mm. um, that was mm. infused with some of our hops from wow. Dark Matter Coffee, our friends oh, over there. And so that. it's going to be like a coffee orchata white stout. So we're getting weird with it, but it's delicious. It just tastes like, you know, like really sweet coffee. So. That sounds dangerous. Mm. Uh, yeah, you can hurt yourself on it, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So how many beers do you have on tap at any given time here? Uh, I think right now we're at like 10 of our own, but uh, I can I can serve up to 12 off our taps. And then we'll have like varying guest taps and ciders. And we actually have a really great uh, wine program. Uh, most of our wine is bought from uh, Robert Hood, uh, who also used to work for Charlie Trotter as a sommelier, mm. um, who's Paula Hood's husband. She works uh, with the Trotter Project. She works for the Trotter Project. She is the Trotter Project with everyone else. And... Um, yeah, so there's a lot of those ties still in there. And then we also have a full cocktail program. So uh, we actually get in amazing ice. And uh, I can actually take your plate because this is this is full service, man. You are not you don't have to this keep is... your plate. Come on. <laughs> You're, you are ruining me for, for, all, for all future guests. All you have to do is get it to me, though. That's, that's the one, yeah. Rob. This is so cool. Go. It is so Got good. It. Yeah, delicious. Cool. And the, the deceptive thing about the zucchini is it feels light. Mm. Right. It tastes light. Yep. But you know it's deep fried. Mm-hmm. That, that's, yeah, how, exactly. that's how they trick yeah. you. That's it. Make you think you're not eating a ton of calories. So you talked a little bit about this, but for this neighborhood, you are this anchor tenant. You're here. You're bringing new people in here. Someone who walks in who maybe isn't a craft beer enthusiast, what, what, what is that hook? You know, for us, it's uh, we, try to, we try to cast a pretty wide net. Uh, that's why we have the cocktail program. That's why we have wine. Mm. Uh, that's why we have more approachable food. You know, you can do like the fine dining, like really fancy stuff, and scare a bunch of people away with. Yeah, actually, you don't items. even need to like alcohol to come here and have a great, you don't. great and night actually, out. We're pretty kid yeah. friendly. I mean, mm. you'll notice when you come mm-hmm. in there, we've got the bag set in the back, and yeah. the kids can. I did play not notice that. On. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. doing that afterward. Yeah, there you go. And uh, yeah, so it, it's you know families come in here, and it, it, whether you drink, you don't drink, uh, you're, you're definitely welcome. We even have some uh, non-alcoholic cocktails for those who don't drink. So. Uh, again, let's talk about the uh, the thing that kicks off next weekend. Yes. It is the Trotter Project Beer Fest. Correct. And that kicks off at the Irish American Heritage Center, which is very close to where we are right now. Indeed. And it, it's a week-long event. And let's talk about some of the people who are, are playing mm. along with this. Uh, you mentioned Dark Matter. I did, yeah. Is there a better coffee in Chicago? Um, you know what? I think there's a lot of different coffee. I, I'm a big fan of coffee, and I love that there's a rainbow of different kinds. So mm-hmm. I've got a bunch of different coffees I like, but those are my brothers. I mean, I, brothers and sisters, I love them to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done a ton with us. Um, we've done a lot of charity raising together in the past, so I really like them. Uh, also, Haymarket? Uh, yep, Haymarket Pub and Brewery. Uh, done a few Pete, podcasts there. Yeah, mm-hmm. Pete Crowley and John Neurotter, my buds over there. Yep. Uh, Twisted Hippo? Oh, yeah, they're right down the street, two miles. Mm. Forbidden Root? Correctamundo. Eris Brewing and Cider House. Yeah. Where is that? A mile away on Irving. Yeah, they're just mm. right down the road as well. Good and, friends. And Cruz Blanca, which is Spanish for Love the White Cruz. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. Uh, yeah. No, those guys are great. Uh, and again, you know, they have a focus on food as well. All right, so th- this whole event, 35 bucks gets you brews and bites from... All these places. I mean, it really, this is this is a great way to spend a day. Yeah, I mean, thirty-five bucks, and you you know that you're you're kind of helping uh, underserved youth uh, in Chicago and helping them kind of uh, chase their dreams. Um, uh, as as a, that's the whole point of the Trotter Project. So it's great. Going back to Fiona, this this is the the insanity of this podcast. You two have nothing in common professionally. No. <laughs> and I love I love bouncing back and forth between yeah. you two. That is fun. Um, you've done a ton of media. As an entertainment lawyer, you've been on the BBC, on MSNBC. Do you like doing TV? 
Um, you know. Do you like doing this? Yeah. <laughs> I would say that I feel like I am in a very privileged position to have a voice that I can use. So I feel like there's a I have a responsibility to try to use that voice to advocate for for my clients. Um. So yeah. So I think that for whatever reason I have a platform you know I've been practicing for nearly 12 years in this field exclusively so I more think of it as a responsibility as part of my advocacy so what would you say your biggest biggest success has been that, that moment where you thought oh that makes it all worth it to be honest it's forthcoming um, I'll share it even though it's not necessarily common knowledge but um, I am just about to publish my first book Yay! Um, <laughs> it's a children's book on immigration. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. So um, it how long have this been kind of germinating? Uh, for the past year, well, this year, this mm-hmm. calendar year, so about nine months or so. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, we so. could use that. Yeah, for our education, you and I. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I also know nothing about immigration. Should do a reading, a first reading, um, in the Car Concarne. So, and you've been Smart. paired with an illustrator, or do you illustrate? Yeah. So we're, we're I'm working with a publisher in DC, and we've been working with an amazing illustrator. She's based in Italy. So, um, the book kind of just really wants to. I want to explain to. My, I have two little kids, so mm-hmm. I felt as a parent that I wanted to write something that really spoke to the message um, and what I do in my job so um, the idea is that you know um, America you know when it's diverse and welcoming that's a really good thing and I've highlighted lots of different immigrant stories based on clients of ours so it's a positive you know it's not a anti this that message it's just a very positive message of diversity and and just welcoming so I'm very excited I love that I do too that's super cool Mm. gotta hear something good about it that's That's right is it weird seeing your words turn into images that, you that know, seems like that would be like it'd be hard to totally be all in with that. Like, I I had like a very clear image of what because part of the process is, and it's, of course it's all new to me. I mean, I write all day long, but mm-hmm. in not for children. You know, right. the audience is slightly different. Um, but I mean, I did have a clear picture of of some of the things that I wanted to see. So we were able to give the illustrator some direction about things and it's you know it's based on like I said friends family like my brother who works with me Ray his wife Faith she was adopted as a baby from the Philippines so her she has a page in the book and and an artist client of mine Yulia she's from Russia she has a page in the book and we actually got some of her artwork in there as well so yeah my daughter Rose did a little sketch that's gone in there too so um yeah so it's kind of it wasn't I just felt like really inspired and really you know like I don't know it sounds really crazy but I just felt like compelled I don't know some type of divine inspiration to do it um and it wasn't actually that hard to think of like images and stuff like that so I guess we'll wait we'll wait for the critical reviews to come in but I didn't think that's you're doing it for the right reasons yeah that's great yeah let's talk a little bit more about immigration law and the, the situation with immigration explain labor trafficking because mm-hmm. this, this is this is a thing and right. I, I think we all on the surface understand that as it pertains to you and your work explain labor trafficking I mean I think that certain populations of of the community can be more vulnerable and undocumented immigrants certainly fall into into that group and unfortunately when there's vulnerability there can be exploitation that comes along with that um so labor trafficking would be where people are made to do jobs for very little wages they're maybe possibly in unsafe working conditions they're exploited but it's 
to the level of you know threats to to call ice or you know that type of extreme um type of you know behavior from an employer um and to be honest the the rationale behind um there is a, a potential visa for victims of labor trafficking and the reason is that you know if you think about it the American worker public is made much less safe by people being forced into those conditions because if an, if an immigrant will accept, you know, these type of dangerous conditions then or lower wages and so on and so forth, it really has an, a negative impact on the US worker. So when you think about the rationale for, for uh, you know, enabling them to come forward and have a path, you know, it really makes sense. So unfortunately, I think it's it's just vulnerability exploitation and you know really at the moment immigrants are just on a heightened sense of just anxiety and it's just very unfortunate that sometimes and it's a very small minority of employers of course you know but they can really take advantage of that vulnerability so from a percentage perspective labor trafficking sex trafficking sex trafficking is sensationalized that's Mm -hmm. one people talk about are they equal in terms of their I mean, the thing that we look at as well is, I don't know statistically what's more prevalent one over the other, but certainly the trauma that's in, inflicted on, and that's really what it's about as well. Like the a lot of the clients that have gone through either labor or sex trafficking are extremely traumatized. Um, and, you know, part of the process is making sure that they have access to social services, therapy, that type of thing to, to help them work through that. And, and it's tough on the attorneys as well, yeah. you know, not to put us in in any way, but I mean, I'm yeah, that's conscious a, that's of, a fair response. yeah, secondary trauma to our staff. And, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be very um, just aware of even doing a consultation because a lot of times people don't necessarily volunteer the trauma straight away. Yeah. So there's, you know, you have to be very sensitive about um, that type of inquiry as well. So it's hard not to take your job home. Yeah, no. it is. Yeah. And Trevor, you take your job home, right? Uh, yeah, but not like that, you guys. It's beer. And food, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> can I take your job? Home? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. You can actually growler or something. So, oh, so what do we have here? So, yeah, uh, just to break up the. It, it's all about balance. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also brought some fresh forks and knives. Rather, Matt brought fresh forks and knives. I don't know why. Thanks, I Matt. Eye. Oh my god! I sent the text. This the is royal, the octopus, the right? Ro- the royal eye. So I split this one up into two for you, and I'm going to have Matt spiel it again because he's so very eloquent. Are you not eating anything? I'm not. I. I'll, hey. I'll explain this. Here you go. Oh my gosh! This is our uh, wood-fired octopus. Uh, it's grilled over a wood fire in our oh my kitchen, gosh. <laughs> um, marinated and uh, served on top of. Fried Yukon gold potatoes with uh, olive and sweet red pepper relish. Beautiful. Hey, this is almost like well a, stated, man. It's almost like a bark on this. There is. So that's the, from the char on the wood fire grill. If you get that oh char, it really adds another depth of flavor. Oh. And so I'm gonna hand those out to you. And this is definitely one you're gonna want to put on your lap and have it with a fork and knife. Uh-huh. I have a can huge. Can I get a napkin? Of course you can. I, Please finish I that sentence. Should have brought a bit. Please yeah. finish that. Oh sentence. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, uh, octopus holds a huge place in my heart. I, I've always loved it. We had a, a menu item at, at Moto where we would uh, confit octopus, and it was like one of my favorite cooking methods. It was the first time I realized just absolutely how delicious um, octopus could be. And uh, I also went to Spain one time and had probably the finest bite of food I've ever had in San Sebastian Do you have with my dear friend Derek Hull, uh, who is... Again, just like Paula and everyone else, is the Trotter Project. Do you have everything you need? What do you need? I think I just took her napkin. <laughs> that's fine. Oh, that's all right. And here's no, one. I gave it Boom. to you. You didn't take it. 
All right, there you go. The interesting thing about this is delicious, by the way. Thank you. Oh my gosh, this looks the interesting thing about octopus is the texture. Yeah, and I think I think Anthony Bourdain said something like, "Texture is the final frontier for American cooking." That's exactly mm. it. Yeah, and the thing about it is, you know, octopus is one of those things. It's sixty seconds or sixty minutes, right? Anything in between, it's going to be a rubber tire. So low and mm. slow. That's the tempo, mm-hmm. and let the let all those proteins break down and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just becomes something else, you know. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, one of my favorite this things. Is amazing. And it's uh, one of the few things that hasn't really changed since uh, we launched it on the menu three years ago. So. Wow. Yeah. Is this a, a popular item? I would think this might scare some people off. You know what's funny is I don't think it would organically be a popular item, but I think the staff is so passionate about mm. the the dish itself that they they sell it all the time. Even our um, lunch guy Josh, who is uh, has actually become a dear friend of mine, he. Um, he sells it all the time, even though it's not on the lunch menu. <laughs> it's just like a unspoken agreement d- between him and the kitchen that he's gonna sell it like crazy. That smoke flavor is amazing. It's delicious. Yeah, cool. That's from the yeah. wood fire. Mm-hmm. And, and tell me again the a little bit of hickory and cherry. This. Yeah, so that's mm. just a garlic aioli. We take our sauces really seriously here. Amen. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, uh, the every time we make a garlic aioli, we really I think uh, Chef Trev he really pours over it and makes sure that it's just right and it's really balanced and nuanced. Yeah. Like I said, you don't even need to drink. Have a great night here. No, exactly. It's, I'm sure it's pairing fine with the Topo Chico. Mm. <laughs> uh, but that said, what's your favorite beer here? Like when, when you're drinking well, your own own stuff recreationally. I'll tell you what, my least favorite question is. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think as you uh, become a brewer and you start making these craft beers, you know, I used to be a big stout guy and I was an IPA guy and then all this other stuff. You know, what's funny is nowadays I drink like really light lagers and mm. I like really spritzy sours and I like. You know when guy when people like put things under five percent. You know I like I like things that are sessionable because I drink for a living. I don't need to be right. you know drinking eight yeah. percent IPAs <laughs> and, and and big old bold styles. Maybe once in a great while, but uh, I would say probably our Kolsch, uh, the Tell Death Pilsner that comes out, and then Oktoberfest is probably my favorite one. We have a big party here on our anniversary. Um, like the weekend of the 21st, which is going to be our three-year anniversary, and call it a Hoptoberversary, and it's three days of just jolly good fun and big <laughs> steins of our Oktoberfest lager and uh, German food dancing. One of my great takeaways from tonight is the story behind Till Death. Thanks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's the greatest. Yeah. It's a meaningful beer. Fiona, these potatoes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You poach them. Uh, you smash them, you fry them, mm. and uh, it's just the best way to cook a potato. You'll see that in a few restaurants in Chicago. I think it might have started with uh, Mr. Uh, Jared Wentworth uh, from Longman and Eagle originally, and I think, he, I, don't, I don't know, I think it, it's, it, there's a long uh, Bristol back in the day, I think, when mm-hmm. he was there, mm. uh, and, uh, so and you'll just see these things everywhere. It's kind of like a little, little hidden legacy in Chicago dining mm. that maybe... Uh, that's just kind of stuck around. And you do hot chicken here, too. We do. We have a Nashville hot sandwich, which is to die for. It's served on a sriracha bun. Mm. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, it's pretty naughty. Uh, but it's delicious. <laughs> That's a great, great way to sell beer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Make things really spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have to drink a bunch of beer, a bunch of Kolsch to, uh, to chase it with. So, yeah. And this neighborhood likes spice. Every time we make something spicy, they're like, more spice. Mm. Okay. I do love a good Nashville hot. Who doesn't? It's amazing. And Nashville... I- I haven't been to many places, but Nashville was one of the first U.S. cities I went to where I thought, if I had to, I could live here. Oh, yeah. Like, I've lived in Chicago my whole life, but mm. Nashville's kind of great. It's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of great music. There's a great vibe. The people are really nice. They're, like, really kind and gracious, yeah. you know? They just have a little, that, that, that southern hospitality. You really feel it in Nashville, I feel like, you know? Mm. And that, that was one of my to-dos when I went there was 
go to Hattie B's. There you go. You got to do it. You got to do, do it. Yeah, absolutely. There's places all over the world. That's the best part of traveling. I think the best way to get to know a culture, a people, is probably through their food and their language. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, how they talk, how they act, and what they eat. I used to travel a lot for business, and it's true. Whenever I had any free time at all, and I would travel by myself, I would try to find that place, that, exactly. that restaurant. Yeah. Off the beaten path, I would try to show myself as much of that city as possible, yep. assuming I'd never have the chance to go back. Yeah. So that, that's what I would do whenever I would go to another city. Call it fall on your nose, man. It's anytime I'm in a place, I always try. And I try not to have people tell me. That's I, mm-hmm. I have a weird thing about that. I kind of want to find it organically, like some mm-hmm. kind of explorer, you know, mm. even though there's plenty of stuff on your phone. But it's like, come on, like, we can do this, you know. Yeah. Ask the local, sit down, have a beer somewhere, chat with someone over that beer, and have them tell you what their favorite place yeah. is, you know. Yep. That's the thing. How's the food in Dublin? Do you miss it? Mm. You know, I do. I was going to say, speaking of potatoes, I feel like <laughs> I am like a, an expert. I hear they eat some potatoes in Ireland. Yeah, in like you, so many different ways to cook potatoes. Um, but I just got back. I was home for, for a week or so. But I miss the fish. You know, there's a lot of fresh fish yeah. oh, being yeah. right there. Um, and I just feel like... You know, within Chicago, just in terms of, like, geographically speaking, it's just hard to get access, yeah, to that type of um, fish. But, um, no, the food in Ireland is great. I feel like there's a couple of vicious rumours floating around that I want to, like, absolutely dispel. There's, like, that we drink warm beer. (laughs) That You know, the food is terrible. I'm not sure, like, who... (laughs) Who's proper temperature. Yeah, Yeah. but I don't know. I feel like there's a couple of vicious rumours. But the food in Ireland, I think, is amazing. I think maybe people are confusing you with Scotland because I lived in Scotland (laughs) for a while. And the food... And I'm Scottish, like, uh, somewhere in my heritage. But, uh, no, the food is bad in Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up. (laughs) The food in Ireland is amazing. Yeah, I can imagine. Trevor, are you always kind of keeping your your eyes, ears, and nose open for new concepts? New- totally. Mm. Absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, I love going out, and uh, me and my wife, we love going out and dining, and I, I do get inspired at weird times. You know, it might be by, you know, it, someone else's drink. Maybe it's by a cocktail. Uh, right now, we have a beer on called the Mai Tai PA, which I was mm. like, I'm a big junkie for, like, um, huge, big, boisterous, like tropical cocktails. I yeah. love them. I think it's amazing. Anything you can light on fire, put an umbrella in. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite treats yeah. of myself is going to Lost Lake and just like letting those guys do their thing because mm-hmm. it's just so much fun. So I was like, I want to like encapsulate all those flavors in a, you know, in a beer so someone feels like they're they're actually drinking a mai tai and. Um, we did that. It's really cool. We actually won an award last week at the Old Irving Park Beer and Barbecue Challenge for like the, we got voted best beer with like over a thousand guests. So that was really fun. Congrats. Um, so yeah, I get inspired by anything. A lot of those, a lot of thoughts come in, you know, while you're taking a shower or something, because that's when it happens, right? Right. Of course. Yeah. It's when inspiration hits. Uh huh. All right, so back to immigration. <laughs> yeah, I love this flip-flop. Nice segue. Just like a quick segue. Um, immigrants mm. also work in restaurants. <laughs> anyway, immigration. This is true. Uh, so let's talk about, you started your law law practice how long ago? Mm, almost 10 years ago. And you have 10 people working for you. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That, that, so cool. That, that is fantastic. Yeah. So where, where do you go from here? If, if someone, let, let me backtrack. If someone wanted your help, what do they need to do? Um, I mean, we we have lots of different methods of communication, depending on what works. I mean, obviously, we have a website. Um, people can get our phone number, email address. We're online, all different social media. Um, mm-hmm. So the firm is McEntee Law Group. Um, and then I kind of have my own 
social media thing. Mm-hmm. US Visa Lawyer is my Twitter and Instagram. Um, but yeah, so we're pretty easily contactable. I love it. All right, and you talked about the the greatest success or the thing that gave you the most joy. What's been the hardest thing since you opened up your doors? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I would say one of the hardest things was... I was one of the, along with my brother and, and some other colleagues, um, on call at O'Hare Airport post-travel ban for, for six months. Which seems um, like forever ago, and it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Um, and it was it was really um, traumatizing, I think, for everyone involved. But, I mean, I remember, I'll never forget one day, it was like a few days kind of post when the ban had just been, been stopped by some of the courts. But... Um, we welcomed a Syrian refugee family come through O'Hare now. They would have been banned indefinitely per, per the ban, per this version of the ban, and even now um, they would. But um, there was a mum and a dad and a family. There was like five kids. Now, they'd gone through the refugee process, which is very, very stringent. Um, they'd been probably living in a refugee camp in Turkey for years. The kids might not have known anywhere else other than yeah. the refugee camp. But, you know, we were there to welcome them to, to the States and we went to the little shop at O'Hare and got little balloons and, you know, just stuff. Like, we were like, what can we do to make yeah. them feel welcome? Like, and I never forget the looks on their face. They were, you know, just, of course, arriving in a new country, language, you know, Overwhelmed everything. Overwhelmed in every possible in way. In so many possible mm-hmm. ways. But there was a group of us, the volunteer lawyers, just there and, you know, trying to... We all, I think, were, were probably unsuccessfully holding back the tears. Yeah. but. You know, that was when I just kind of knew, you know, politics aside, I felt like we, I knew we were kind of on the right side of history there. Um, so, yeah, that's a moment that stands out. And with that said, is the food on the way? The food is on the way. We've got, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, proper dinner talk there. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, no, I've got a, I've got our final, our final course on its way. Oh uh, speaking of courses, a uh, cool thing about the Charlie Trotter days. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually, uh, during those days, so starting the 11th, uh, a whole slew of restaurants on the whole entire planet are going to be featuring a Chef Charlie Trotter inspired dish. Uh, the proceeds Aww. of which are going to go directly to the Trotter Project. It's so cool. Uh, I know when I was at Moto, we actually dug up an old, uh, a couple of old uh, Trotter dishes and kind of reimagined them, and it was such a fun experiment. And I'll tell you what, those dishes still hold up today. Oh, uh, speaking of dishes, oh right gosh. on to you is Matt with your next course. Oh my god, right, more. Split the burger. Yeah, just this is the last one. Yeah, so this uh, is the burger of the week. Yeah, this is the burger of the week that we do every Monday. And, and Matt's going to explain this. Yes. Let me hand that to Fiona. Oh, okay. No, this is not the burger of the week. I oh, apologize. I'm sorry. I thought it was OIB burger. No, it was burger of the week. But that's oh, okay. You guys are going to have the OIB burger. Okay. I didn't want the wow. burger, burger of the week didn't interest me at all. Oh, <laughs> I think they were both really interested in the burger of the week. That's all right. That's we'll fine. No, this later. looks amazing. Well, oh, my no, God. No way. So no, 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 no. This but, looks uh, delicious. But we'll kind of go yeah. over uh, the OIB burger, which is also amazing, oh, and Matt's going to explain amazing. it now. So this is our uh, everyday classic burger. It's an eight ounce patty cooked on the wood fire. Mm. We have caramelized onions, white cheddar cheese, that same Beezer vinegar aioli, mm. and a rosemary bun. And we're very much known for how epic our French fries are. Oh, yeah. They look amazing. Yeah, they, I've had them Thank before. You. They're amazing. Thanks, Thank you. Yeah, that'd be awesome, actually. And I will say that the IPA uh, the, the video, um, someone's the, asking a question. Do you offer curbside service for us normies? 
<laughs> you know what? For sure. You you give us a call. Uh, we'll bring out we'll bring out some food to you. Uh-huh. It's fine. It's just like uh, I can't serve booze to you. So if you want a beer, you're gonna have to come in. But, yeah. uh, but the IPA vinegar is it? Yeah, it's an IPA vinaigrette. So what we did was uh, we actually had some. Uh, you know, sometimes you always have kind of what we call like fluffy bottoms or something like that, where the beer is not exactly serviceable. Mm-hmm. And so what we did is we teamed up with these guys. Uh, that actually make vinegar out of uh, the right bee space, and uh, I call them mm. the vinegar boys. And they make uh, they make vinegars, and they're really beautiful. And so the bees are vinegar is like super tropical and fun because that's how the mm. beer is. And well, I was gonna say it's, it's very it's subtle. Delicious. Like it's very it, subtle. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not too sour. Uh, really fun. And then yeah, the rosemary bun made in house. Uh, oh, that is this. so good. It's yeah. like so soft. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to show this as best I can to the camera. This is a perfect medium rare. I was gonna say it's mm. cooked to perfection awesome. this is a perfect medium this is rare. amazing I'm, I'm afraid I want to spill some juice <laughs> on the microphone so. I'm on TV guys mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah we caramelize the onions really low and slow white cheddar bun. and they're super sweet yeah they are oh man that's a nice taste that's the Vidalia mm. onions if you oh. go low and slow on that and really let those sugars caramelize and then we slack it out with like a little bit of butter and balsamic vinegar this is amazing Seriously. that's the way you do I'm glad you enjoy oh it oh my yeah. god Trevor, this so is good. Like, this is like candy yeah, yeah. this is so yeah. good yeah, we're really, we're really proud of our burgers. Uh, yeah, we've come a long way. When we first opened, we had them on like a focaccia bread, and they were delicious, but it was a hot mess. But now, mm-hmm. we, with a baker in-house who actually knows what he's doing, it's a... Uh, the rosemary bun is... Oh, my God. <laughs> this is something mm-hmm. special, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Eric does great work. Oh, Eric, you are... I want to give Eric a hug. This is All right, amazing. He, he's not much of a hugger, but yeah. You <laughs> think I like heavy metal. That guy really likes heavy metal. <laughs> I'm so glad we all met. <laughs> Me too. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Too bad we can't drink beer out here because uh, the uh, Beezer IPA would go perfectly with that. We're coming back. I'm bringing my team back in two oh, weeks yes. for happy air. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, I'll definitely. give you my card after this. One okay. And, uh, I'll give everyone a tour. That will be yeah. amazing. Yeah. We do offer tours pretty much every day at 3 p.m. No one ever takes advantage of them, but I'm here hanging out on the weekdays. Come by, say hi. I'll give you a tour. Hey, I would love the tour. Mm. Yeah. I'll give you one after this. Cool. I mean, I, I, I love just both of you. I mean, I love the entrepreneurship yeah. Uh, that is actually what you have in common. Yeah, yeah. professionally, entrepreneurship. Yeah. There you and go. And kind hearts. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. This is delish. So okay. good. So, oh my God, those onions are ridiculous. Yeah, they're mm. good, right? And the bun is so nice and soft. Mm. I had something to say. Uh, Fiona McEntee, uh, you <laughs> practice law. Yes. As previously mentioned on the show, uh, you practice immigration law. You can be contacted all across. Mm-hmm. social media, various platforms, uh, you are an advocate. You are a supporter. You are uh, doing things for all the right reasons. And I'm really glad that you hung out in a car and talked about beer and Iron Maiden and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cheeseburgers and octopus. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Did, did you have fun? Oh, my gosh. How could you not have okay. fun, in fairness? Like, yeah. And Great. Trevor. Yes, sir. My, my metal friend. What's up? Uh, <laughs> thank you for the hospitality. Of course. It's awesome hosting both of you, and I, I'm glad to learn more about immigration, obviously. It's, mm. a, it's a huge topic right now, and it is it is a hot topic for uh-huh. us in the restaurant industry, actually. There's a lot of parallels, yeah. and, it, and it does greatly impact uh, mm. what we do at day in and day out. So, I believe that. Um, yeah. So the Trotter Project Beer Fest kicks off on Sunday the 11th, happening at the Irish American Heritage Center. If you like beer and you like food, you need to go to this. So that means everyone should go. Yeah, mm. 35 bucks. 
uh, 11 breweries now on the docket, plus wow. uh, a special collaboration beer between me and Dark Matter, a bunch of food. Um, Helios Construction just gave a huge donation nice. uh, to the Trotter Project, and they'll be hosting it. They're going to have little gift bags for everyone when you arrive. This is probably going to be the best bang for your buck beer fest. And no doubt. I go to a lot of them. So. Yeah. No doubt. It's right here on the north side. Fiona, Trevor, thank you for doing this. Of course. Thank you for having Pleasure. us. Thank you. Carcon Carney is presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. Thank you for watching. Support what these people do. And uh, tell a friend about this podcast, please.